Caroline Gaskin, uh, welcome to the interview. Uh, now, you're um, one of the lovely experts in the True You Hub, aren't you? And um, it, says here, it says here that you're the holistic health and lifestyle expert. I can be on a good day. Okay, that's good. It also says that um, you're a master of all things hormonal. Um, and yes. you're a homeopath, <laughs> um, a flower essence prescriber, and mm -hmm. a natural health and holistic health and lifestyle expert. There's uh, there's yes. a lot in those titles. Um, yeah. So can you explain, please, to uh, to me and to our viewer and our, to our listener, um, what all that is all about? Yeah, I guess you acquire titles as you go along in time. So that might um, illustrate that I've been in this game for a long time. Originally, I came from an art background, um, fine art textiles. And, uh, and it was when I had my children that I began to think about what I was going to do health wise, you know, when I was responsible for someone else other than myself, and maybe had, yeah, someone else to look after and to think about. And so we as a, as a young family um, made natural health choices which just seemed you know that came naturally to us and also you know I think a lot of women come into looking at natural health options during pregnancy because other things are contraindicated um, so it's partly having responsibility for somebody else other than yourself and um, and and also that certain things are contraindicated and only and I teach as well I teach I teach a homeopathy, flower essence prescribing, um, holistic lifestyle, this type of thing. Um, and I often say that a lot of what goes on for women, um, and that's not just in pregnancy, but in terms of hormonal change, is accepted as being because you're a woman and being because you have these hormones that we <laughs> we generally are not taught very much about and um there's an acceptance that oh you must put up with this because this is what happens with periods or this is what happens with pregnancy and so I like to show that there are many natural health often very low cost options um, and very often low impact on the environment options that we can take up to make our lives easier to reduce pain at periods to have an easier pregnancy to have an easier transition um, through menopause so that's my kind of motivation sewn into that as well <laughs> okay so basically it's everything to do with um, uh, the female reproductive uh, mm. system and the problems uh, after effects and everything else yeah exactly and I think also to say you know one thing to say about natural health options is that a lot of them especially things like homeopathy and flower essences and a lot of the supplemental or superfood advice can be used alongside mainstream options so if you've chosen to do something like HRT for menopause then it may be that it doesn't fix everything for you so it would be common for me to see women in my practice who are on some form of HRT but are still suffering from anxiety or still suffering from sleep problems so I'm helping them with that side of things alongside the benefits that they're experiencing 
through other choices they've made. Um, I think it's also true to say of menopause in particular that if you have you want to take the natural health option, there's lots of options. If you want to a blended approach, there's lots of options. If you've tried HRT and it doesn't work for you, or you can't use HRT because it's contraindicated for a particular gene structure that you have, for instance, then um, there are options. And I think that is news to an awful lot of women. Mm, absolutely. Well, it's news to me as well. <laughs> um, how... Let's break the news. Let's let's. I mean, hearing that is great because it shows me there's still a lot of work to do. Because there's so much press around menopause, in particular, at the moment, that I sometimes wake up of a morning and think, "Well, maybe my work's done." And then I talk to somebody and think, "Well, no, it's not actually." <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm just a, a simple bloke, okay, and you know, so I. <laughs> And I, I'm good. I, I like that. And the, the more I hear about um, women's problems, I'm, the more I'm grateful for being just a bloke. <laughs> How shall I elaborate on that? I mean, I think actually one of the things that I would say about that is is particularly with the menopause message because it is so being discussed and talked about, and women are saying, "Oh, well, I you know, can't open a newspaper without seeing an article about it." which is great um, because there's that sense of you're not alone, um, is that we can also talk about this in terms of pregnancy. We can also talk about this in terms of teen health. So I think as women are vocally transitioning through menopause, they are acknowledging that maybe their teenagers could do with some support. And I certainly get women coming to me saying, well, can you help my daughter? Um, and I, I had an email literally yesterday from somebody saying, um, and this is somebody whose daughter I'd, who I'd seen through pregnancy. So a woman I'd seen through pregnancy, her daughter's now going through teens. She's got acne. She's got skin problems. Could I help? And that is beautiful to be part of someone's natural health journey for all those years. But it is also an awakening that teenagers need support too, and that you know, understanding our menstrual cycles, understanding what is emerging for, for young guys as well um, in their bodies is something that we're just not taught in schools. So we do need a broader education around our hormonal health, around hormonal change. Um, and I think, yeah, it's definitely work to do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I think um, men also need to understand what's happening to their partner or their yeah. wife, um, yeah. so that they, you know, so it doesn't cause any problems with their relationship as well. That's quite important, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, and that is being spoken about much more. And I think it is wonderful when I hear uh, men saying, "I want to learn more." You know, so that might be male practitioners if I'm if I'm teaching, um, and um, and then obviously you know male friends, colleagues etc saying wow I, I had no idea that those things that are going on for my partner could be related to perimenopause or that premenopausal period um, and I think we can take that message into other times of hormonal change and so not just men being aware but also children you know teens saying hey mum are you are you okay is this something that's to do with change and and I think when we women are going through transition um, whatever 
time of life it is and and you know um our our moods can go off during pregnancy as well is is that um it can be quite something to recognize that in yourself so what does it mean to recognize in yourself that your fertility is changing what does it mean to recognize in yourself that you you had children you didn't have children it was difficult to have children you know how do you how are you supported in these transitions and who supports you and it it could well be that someone else in your life is educated and and aware and wakes that up for you and you then have to acknowledge that transition mm-hmm. and how do we do that what tools do we have to do that with yeah um, do you think it's uh, a matter of people being more open about all this these days? Because uh, you know, I, I can—I'm the eldest of five children, mm-hmm. um, and, and my mother, bless her, um, obviously uh, was very busy t- uh, trying to bring us up and everything else. But in those days, um, that, you know, the, the women's um, health issues—if that's the right word—it probably isn't. Mm. Um, no, uh, it's a good word. It's great. Yeah, um, <laughs> um, there were, were just not talked about at all. And I don't think she even spoke about that, um, what she was going through to my father. And it's not until, you know, after she's passed away and I think about her that I can think, oh, um, she must have been going through this or that or, or whatever. But uh, I think, um, is, is it the case that people should be more open uh, as opposed to the old days? Should they be more open uh, these days so that people understand and they can get help as well? Yeah, I think it does help to, we, we always have that thing of a problem, problem shared is a problem halved, you know, so, so I think being more open allows space for conversation wherever that is, is held. And, you know, for many, for many of us, um, or, or for some parts of the journey, you're going to want to be more private, but it's good to understand and know that those things that you're feeling that you're going through are are normal and natural a part of the change so I think the answer to your question in some ways is twofold one is yes through more openness and understanding and acknowledgement then we can seek solution so you know my side of things is is generally to to raise um suggestions tips ideas uh support from a natural health perspective so that's my my bag my corner if you like um i do as part of that conversation recognize that there is a timeline for our health and that through the 20th century and into the 21st century we have a lot more environmental factors around us which mean that hormonal change is more of an issue than it used to be so if we take our conversation about menopause to tribes that are nomadic that don't experience all the 20 20th and 21st century environmental factors that we have then they almost laugh they're like what do you mean you know they don't have a concept of menopause in the way that we do um so that tells us a lot about there is something about the way we live our lives, which affects our hormones massively. And what can we do about that? And I see lots of solution. And another thing to just 
dad in now, I suppose, a third dimension, um, which is fascinating, is is when we're talking about menopause, what is it all about? You know, so in terms of true you hub, I'm I'm going to be answering questions about hormonal health and menopause. Menopause tends to be a hot topic at the moment, and it depends obviously on the age demographic of women in the hub, because if we've got a lot of women in 20s and 30s, then we're just going to be talking primarily about balancing our hormones. How can we help with periods? Perhaps how can we help deal with issues around fertility or infertility? There's lots of support there too. Um, but when it comes to menopause, another interesting factor is that we and whales and one or two fishes, and I believe a certain insect, have menopause. That all other creatures in on the planet are fertile until they die. So what is the function of menopause? What is the function of a woman um, not being fertile for some 30 years, maybe 40 years beyond menopause? And when we look at what whales do in that time is the, the matriarchal whales, the post-menopause whales, uh, teach particularly the younger males this brings it back to that, how are men relating to change in women? Um, they teach the younger males in the pod uh, where the best feeding grounds are, where the best uh, safe places to spawn are, et cetera, et cetera. So what is the value to our society of the postmenopausal women? You know, we know that there's lots of political factors you know what where's how is the older woman represented in our society particularly when it comes to fields like media so there's lots I, I believe there's lots of rich topic there about hormonal change in women um, that is beyond the physical symptoms and moves us into societal issues uh, generational issues and cultural issues which is fascinating it's all very fascinating to me as as your simple bloke um, <laughs> but, but um you know i didn't i didn't realize there was so much involved it's uh, mm. quite amazing and um basically what your what the advice that you're giving it sounds like it's for all women whatever um situation they're in yeah it's true and often i am saying similar things so i often talk about um the holy trinity of supplements or, or foods that you want to include in your diet. And those would be pretty universal. Even if you were a teenager, it's like, okay, where are your fats? Where are your minerals? And what is the quality of your gut health like? And to be honest, if I was talking to uh, men about sexual health, uh, men about their fertile health, um, I would probably be talking about similar things. I might be talking about a different ratio of those minerals that we need because um, there's a different function um, that's required. But but we still, for instance, both sexes, men and women, need zinc and need selenium um, in order to be fertile, in order to have a good immune health as well so so there's this why do we need those three things fats minerals or why do we need to pay attention to those three things fats minerals and 
our gut health. And that comes back to the environmental factors. You know, they affect us all. Um, I sometimes say that women are like the canaries, you know, that we are the ones who are most sensitive and therefore we are most sensitive to those environmental factors and they are affecting us first. And we can say, look, this is going on. And we can turn back to the group, the village, the herd (laughs) and say, guys, we need to do something about this. Mm, Absolutely. Do you think then that that most uh, women's um, problems uh, are caused uh, by what they eat and uh, the environments that they, they find themselves in and the way they live. Is, is that what's causing the problem? Yeah, I think when we go back to, you know, when we go back to that analogy, you know, that I used um, with with tribes women, um, particularly nomadic tribes women, not really experiencing menopause, we're looking at what is it that they are doing or not doing, you know, what is it that we're doing or not doing? And it could, it's not just food, though, I think, I think for quite some time, we've been looking at ourselves and saying, what is it that I'm, you know, there is, we do say you are what you eat. And that is true. But we're also what we consume uh, in terms of what we read, what we watch you know what we experience in life it's not just the food that we eat um i think when we say something like you are what you know we are what we eat um but i think also things like at the our lifestyle in terms of movement you know so so much of the time we're sedentary we're forward facing you know we're not we're not who's got our back you know when we're when we're in zoom <laughs> when, we're, when we're forward facing on the computer, who is looking, who's got our back, you know, mm. where, the, uh, who's our predator, if you like, you know, all these things, if we're not using. So one of the things that I came into um, in menopause myself, because um, I'm kind of eight years the other side of menopause, I think it's eight years, my, yeah, about eight years, <laughs> um, is... Um, one of the things that I came into myself was for a long, long time, I'd used yoga and um, as a touchstone for stress since I had my kids. So yoga every week, uh, a couple of times a week was 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 where I would decompress was my space. And then when I got to menopause, it didn't really work for me anymore. And I was really shocked and I would go into class and come out as stressed as I, I'd even more stress sometimes than I'd gone in and I was like, what is going on? You know, and actually what worked for me was, was bird watching, was getting out under the trees, um, was, was, was being, um, I've always, always bird watched, but it, but it really came home to me in menopause. So it's and a, I think a back to nature type situation then. It is, it is, but particularly with bird watching, it was extending my senses around me. It was, you, you move into a listening space, you move into an awareness space um, of so much more than, than what's in front of you, that what, what's going on in the Zoom world, if you like. And that, that immersion was wonderful, you know, was, was really, um, really beneficial and brought to me what yoga used to bring to me. Mm. thankfully <laughs> i just want to say for all the yogis that are listening um you know i'm back now post menopause uh, i like i enjoy ashtanga again which is a dynamic form of yoga um and 
and and equally I do restorative yoga which really helped through menopause through those times when you are anxiety comes up very quickly mm. you know so so um it's you know, there's lots of great tools presumably you know um people are all different aren't they so people need yeah. uh, different advice and different uh, treatments as well yeah yeah there's lots of options <laughs> okay. What would yeah. you say to somebody listening to this interview uh, or watching this interview as well, um, who may be thinking, um, well, I don't, you know, I, I know I'm a woman, I know about these problems, what have you, but um, maybe should I take advice or should I not take advice? What What would you say to those, those women? See, first off, um, I think, there's lots lots of great sources of education you know so so i mean i have a little crib sheet which which is i've got some youtube clips i've got a facebook group um we've got this space in true you hub where we can um you can ask questions um and um then i, I mean i do short courses and workshops and but there's you know, there's lots of opportunity like that. I don't think there is enough. Uh, if you look up, if you put menopause into Google, you will only arrive at places like the Menopause Society. Um, you will only really arrive at the HRT conversation because obviously that is driven by um, big money. <laughs> and um, and so, and so, you know, I think it's important to get a perspective that at any one time there are, you know, 13 million women in the UK going through menopause and that only 1 million have chosen HRT. Um, and so what are the rest of us doing? Do mm. Is that because we don't need anything or are we taking other choices which are working for us? You know, so so we do need, we do still need, you know, like come back to your other question, we do still need a lot of education we do still need those five tips for menopause documents, you know, um, and I don't know, Pinterest, et cetera. You know, where, where do we find that? I think the other thing that comes up when you Google menopause is supplements. Now, there's lots of great supplements on the market. Is it appropriate for you? Are they appropriate for you? Do you actually need them yet? What I try to teach is, is the basics. You know, if we haven't put in place good quality fats, uh, if we haven't put in what in place the pathways to us absorbing minerals efficiently. Um, I like to encourage women to absorb nutrients efficiently from the food they're already eating. You know, so part of the true you hub is really looking at the quality of food that we take in. And there are some really, really great tips in the file sections of the groups already, you know, and mm. and and that, and do a little thing, do one thing and say, what is the benefit? You know, so it might be that you focus on one or two of those things. You, you do those for two or three weeks and then you have a little think about the quality. You know, is your, is your energy back? Do you feel more focused? Do you feel more motivated? Have you noticed that your skin, your hair, your nails are better quality than they were? What is it that? It's not working for you. And if you put something new in, what changes do you notice? If you don't see any change, and I think this is an important thing to note when it comes to things like supplements, 
if you don't see any change, um, firstly, have you given it long enough? And secondly, I might question the quality of those supplements. So there is a massive market out there that we need to kind of exercise, not with caution, but with an acknowledgement that there's good and bad product out there. Yeah, sure. And presumably you can advise on, on all of that. As well as <laughs> and, and you can do it all online as well, which is uh, yeah. fantastic these days, isn't yeah. it? You don't have to have it, a surgery or something like that with queues of people, women outside coming to see yeah. Caroline. You, you know, you can do it, all, <laughs> you can do it on, on Zoom. It's true. I mean, a lot of what I've started um, doing in terms of education is because I see that there is this universal conversation. You know, and if we put in a few things um, in place now, that might be all you need for the next six years. And then things start to kick in a bit more with, say, menopause um, or you're, you're trying to get pregnant and, you know, you're not so, so um, somebody came to me recently and she said, look, we've been trying to get pregnant for a year. Can you help me? And what she decided on was a course of homeopathy and some acupuncture. And then I get a message two months later saying, I'm pregnant. It's going ahead. You know, come so to the christening. Come yeah, to the, exactly. Come to the baby shower. <laughs> baby shower. That's it. That's very American. Isn't it? I mean, that's beautiful. That is just music yeah. to my ears. <laughs> that's great. That's great news. <clears throat> Caroline, it's been fascinating as ever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, you. it's just mind boggling. Um, I'm going to have to watch this film back so I can take it all in <laughs> myself. Uh, thank you very much for talking to me um, with the true you help. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye.